obviously um, anybody who's ever watched a video will know that I'm a huge, huge Queen fan. And it all came from my father. I mean, I, I was very lucky. I grew up in a, um, I think I grew up relatively poor to be quite frank, but it didn't matter because my dad um, and my parents in general were like huge arts fans. Like they loved painting, music. You know, my father was an artist, he was a painter. And so we had a house full of like creativity. And so that's pretty freaking awesome. I can't complain about that. But I will tell you, it was Christmas um, a long time ago and I was a little kid, too, I would say too young, too young to be, you, you know, to know this, but I was a little kid, um, not, not even a tweenie, you know, I think I was seven and my father gave me um, a night at the opera. And all I'd ever heard is classical music and opera at that point. It was just, he would listen to opera. I'd even been to Covent Garden by then and experienced opera and classical music. And he gave me this album and just said, uh, this is worthy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're allowed to listen to this. And it's because that, um, that Christmas in England, um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was the number one song. It was number one for nine weeks. It was a wow. massive, massive smash. And everybody was obsessed with it. It had all of the things that we love. It had, it was a big, powerful rock song. Yeah. It also had all these operatic moments and, and just incredible production, incredible performances and great um, songwriting and like everything. So, I mean, what an incredible baptism of fire to for your first pop music experience as a little tiny little kid to be that. And that's how it all started. I, I, I cannot... And to be honest, it's, you know, for Queen, it's been absolutely fantastic over the last two or three years since the movie came out, just to see all of these closet Queen fans climb out now and be like, it's okay to be a Queen fan. You know what I mean? I do. You know what I mean? I I love Queen. I've loved Queen my whole life. I got got Queen on vinyl, so. Me too. I've been there from the beginning. I'm like 50, so I've been there for quite a while. But you you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, there was a time... Yeah, it's, it's like it's hip and it's like, okay, I mean, but, you know, I've been doing videos now for five coming on six years. And from the yeah. very first video, I said I'm a Queen fan and talked about it before it was, you know, hip. <laughs> um, but no, I, I yeah, it's they're an incredible band um, and what an amazing way. So and of course, the great thing about hearing, you know, living in a world of classical music um, and a handful of the best rock musicians like it was Queen. Yeah. ELO were another band I got really into. I remember buying Out of the Blue when I was a little kid. Um, And all of these albums had amazing production as well as incredible songwriting. So even though I went through a massive phase of being into punk rock, uh, you know, I got into, you know, during the 80s when I'm like a teenager, it was all, you know, it was all, um, you know, the Smiths, I'm a huge fan of, obviously. I got it. I was into Joy Division. I was into like lots of other, like less rock bands um but everything i've always loved has always been songs and production so it was an easy move for me i think to become you know um i I think to become an engineer and a producer a songwriter you know after being a guitar player and the other thing i always say is the great thing about falling in love passionately with music prepubescent is that your motivation is the music. 
you know, I know a lot of kids, you know, at school at 15 were like, hey, I'm into bands and stuff because they're discovering girls yeah. and things and saw part of being cool. And I was already obsessed. You know, I had a, I had 400 albums by the time I was 13. You know, <laughs> tons of albums. I had posters all over the wall. I had taken the Queen logo and created a stencil. And I got gold spray paint. I don't know why we had gold spray, spray paint, but there was some in, in my dad's garage. And I went in there and sprayed Queen all over the walls. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a blessing. I think it's a blessing to fall in love uh, with music super, super early. Um, and so there was never really a difficulty with a transition from sort of being a performer into being, a, um, you know, an engineer or a producer because it's, it's just I'm in touch and in contact with music. And uh, but I did I, I was signed in bands up until 32. I was at 32. I was uh, that was my fifth record deal at that point. And I toured. I played everywhere, played Reading Rock Festival. I toured America a bunch of times. I toured Europe a bunch of times. I played a bunch of big festivals, had an absolutely fantastic time, had some, you know, a modicum of success, had a had a chart hit in England with with a band called Star 69 back in 95, 95, 96. Um, you know, there was just some great times. It was, you know, I've been been blessed. And then, of course, as a guitar player, I've got to work on people's albums and play guitar on stuff, you know, sometimes uncredited, you know, when you're working in a band, I'm just fixing yeah. or replaying parts. It's just part of what you do. Sometimes credited. Then I've had some really cool credits. I remember um, I, did, I did three Ace Freely records. And on one of Ace's records, we had Slash and Ace, do a dueling solos like on the couch which is over there and uh um it was a cover of um emerald by thin lizzie yep. and then uh you know um ace had to go off on the road and he went off and did some shows and he calls me up and he goes ah oh, Warren, I, uh, I i can't figure out the freaking i haven't got time to do the harmony part you do it so I just did that for So I did that part. It's very, it's very like kind of a spinal tap that moment. You remember, if you remember that yeah. harmony part? So I did it and you know sent it to him and he really enjoyed it. And uh so the album comes out and it's like first of all, it's a cover of one of my favorite bands, Thin Lizzy, you know. So right. it's Thin Lizzy, you know, Emerald, um, has the musicians listed, guitars. Ace Freely, Slash, and Warren Hewitt. I mean, you, you don't get I mean? better than that. Yeah, you don't get better than that. If you if you could think of being like a fifteen year old kid, you know, being a rock guitar fan, and somebody was going to say to you, you know, Sean, you know, in in thirty years time, you're going to be on a re record with these two like rock superstars, you'd be like, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so my journey's just you know, lots of different things. I um, ran studios, was an engineer in home. And, and independent studios, um, had rehearsal rooms, built businesses. Um, you know, I've, I've done A&R, uh, managed bands. Um, yeah, done a lot. You have, how'd you transition from um, like full on touring musician to just doing studio? Did you decide it was enough or I was just like? Well, I was always doing both um, because I actually was um, like, for instance, like Louise Goffin's a very, very old friend of mine. And I met her as an engineer in 1989. We were trying to figure it out the other day. And I was like super young and I was engineering um, 
and um, doing part-time engineering work at a local studio that was run by some friends of mine, two brothers, sets of brothers. And um, I engineered a session with her and Gail Ann Dorsey, you know, Gail, who's um, David Bowie's um, bass player, was David Bowie's bass player. And um, Andy Jackson was the producer, uh, you know, who's obviously Pink Floyd and um, all that kind of good stuff. So that was like a baptism of fire. I'm like, you know, I just ended up assisting him, of course, because he's an accomplished producer and engineer. So I just became the assistant on that gig. But, um, you know, so I was doing that and playing in bands. So it was right. always the two things. I'm sort of, I'm definitely one of these personalities that if I'm not incredibly busy, then I think I'm not doing anything. Yeah, and you are incredibly busy. Your schedule yeah. is just insane. But I, I, but I like that. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. I'm like, how do you even see anybody? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, to, to be honest, you know, I say this all the time. I mean, obviously, you know, I, it, it's family and work and all of my friends are the people I work with. Yeah. And we're, you know, I, today um, I'm working with Jamie Humphreys, um, who's an incredible guitar player. Yep. He was Brian's guitar player, um, you know, played Brian May. He mm-hmm. was the, I think he was the lead guitar player. I think the MD as well in Queen Extravaganza, um, you know, and he's played with everybody and he's a great, he's good, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, him. yeah, he's a really cool guy. And he, um, he told me that, um, I mean, so, so today, sorry, I'll cut long story short. We're doing a cover of let me entertain you, you know, and I get up in the morning with my daughter, make her some breakfast, you know, she's six. Um, you know, she's watching Garfield. He's calling me on Skype. I'm talking about, you know, I'm trying to do a cover of Turn It On Again. And there's something weird about the tuning, about how Mike does it. And we're, we think that Mike dropped the top E down to D. Anyway, so we're talking about that. And then he's talking about the solo on Let Me Entertain You, how it does this dive bomb. And it's like, it, did they slow down the tape? He's, we're thinking, did they slow down the tape? Or did he actually do it with the, with the tremolo? you know, with a whammy bar. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, what a great life. You know what I mean? I, I, my whole life is like my wife, my kids and music. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You don't feel like you're working because you're just doing what you love. Yeah. It's, it can be a lot of work as you, as you know, you know, any, anything we love can definitely be a lot of work, but you know, I, I, it's, I, I think what I'm trying to say, what I believe is that I've got a day filled full of, incredibly interesting and rewarding things literally have so many fresh ideas in your shows well thank you ever so much um i obviously think... i'm a fan so i mean it's just incredible i'm like like i don't feel like he's ever repeating himself yeah it's very difficult sometimes i think um for your viewers watching this it is very difficult sometimes with some of the mixing technique stuff because you know, I've seen videos that I've done reappear on other channels and people do my version of that. And we, we've obviously done videos that coincide with others. And there's a certain degree of that. Now what I'm what I'm concentrating on is because we have a wealth of information. I'm concentrating on um, sh- showcasing how great songs were recorded, talking about the recording techniques that were behind them, you know, and just, you know, showing off my love of music. I've also been blessed, you know, to have a couple of people like Mark Daniel Nelson, who's really talented, come in and do videos every now and then. So I want to keep doing the five videos a week, but 
you know, we're, every other week we might have somebody else showing their techniques because there's a million different ways to do the same job right. and to get great results. So I think it's really just a case of, 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 and it's not called Warren's place. It's not called, there's my name's not in the title, you know? Um, yeah. It's not my name. And so for me, it's about, it's about connecting people and doing something that's really much bigger than myself. And um, I think, I think it's a blessing to be able to do this. I mean, I, well, I think your topics, sorry, your topics lately have been really good. I, I, the, when you do the breakdown of the songs, that's probably like my favorite. Cause I'm a total dork like that. I, I love it. You know, especially the Chrissy Hine one. I mean, you know, huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. Any of that. I mean, and, um, and then, then that and the live breakdowns, I think is the two favorites like today you had. Those are so, because both of them are really hands-on and practical. So you'll hear the songs, so you use it, you'll be like, oh, I get that now. Or you can watch it and you'll get tips. You know what I mean? It's very... interesting because we, you know, we were being asked about guitar sounds the other day. And I'm looking over here and I've got like a, I've got a Vox AC100 head. I've got a, um, one of Eddie's personal, you know, amps that he gave us. Yeah. Uh, we've got, we got Eric's Mesa Boogie. We've got an Engel, which is beautiful. We've got a couple of Marshalls, Alaney, of course, big Tony Iommi fan. And when we got small amps, we got uh, the Baby Marshall, um, a roadie, which is great, Carl Martin, uh, a, a pro junior. But what we end up using 99.9% of the time is the Fender Deluxe Reverb, the Tone Master, which is the modeling amp version. And it just sounds it's really, good. really good. And it's really easy to use. People argue them, about that. The modeling I, amps, about modeling online. That, that is like a, a rabbit hole. If you, go, if you go online and look up a question about it, like I was looking up a question, there's like so many boards. I had to close it. I'm like, I'll figure this out myself. I I, I think it's it just, I, I love it. Yeah. All right. You rock. Thanks, Sean. I'll Thank talk you. to you soon. All right. Take care. Thanks Bye. a lot. Bye-bye.